everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody happy almost celebrate dinner with it? your family day <laughs> i don't, I I don't know. like thanksgiving i don't like the word thanksgiving i am in no way celebrating what the pilgrims did, but we do get together as a family and I wish I had a different word for it. I just don't know what it is. I'm just, you know what? I've just kind of changed it to gratitude day. Happy gratitude day. There you go. Gratitude's always a good uh, thing. It's always a good policy to live in an attitude of gratitude. I can get my head and around indigenous that. Indigenous awareness day. Yeah. I like that too. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Also, I am drinking Scott Weaver chai with nice. Weaver honey, chai honey. Wow. In my True Crime Squad voluminous mug. Love but I've been left here. You really couldn't. Isn't his chai the best? Holy cow. Oh my God, you guys. It's out of this world. I don't know if he's selling it yet, but he should be. Someday. Oh, but you are in your honey. Yeah, true. Honey. And it is amazing. One of these days, I'll get him. Uh start patch packaging it and we'll put it up on etsy because his chai is <laughs> out of his sight killer. Mm -hmm. especially if you like star anise heavy chai which i do mm -hmm. love because it is quite star anise heavy mm -hmm. um and it is delicious yeah i'm lucky i'm the sister-in-law so i managed to score myself some right yeah along with the chai honey and oh my god that's a good combo mm -hmm. and i mean everything tastes a little sweeter in my quite frankly your honor it's or quite frankly judge it's voluminous <laughs> voluminous mug from That's our right. merch store it's just the best absolutely it is well and it, it is getting cold we still don't have snow but man are we cold it just it's gonna tonight and it's gonna snow all day tomorrow yeah i am just chilled to the bone my hands are cold my oh, yeah. body's cold i'm just I was in the 20s cold. when i woke up and i was like oh no it's really winter yeah. It is. No, you know, my most favorite pastime in Idaho is to bitch about the weather, as you all know, mm. <laughs> because we do it all the time on this show. <laughs> and I'm in my opposite world uh, office, which means that it is cold as hell in the summer and hot as hell in the winter in here. So I have the window open, even though it is really <laughs> cold outside, because I keep this door shut to keep my cats out of here because they never stop fucking with my stuff. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, this room gets really hot. And yeah, so I am, yeah. as you know, Katie was teasing me. I was putting on my snowsuit to do our shows this summer because the air conditioning <laughs> is obviously the problem with the air conditioning in the summertime. And yeah, it's really hot in here right now. <laughs> yeah. You need to. Just can never be happy. That's it. You need vents that you can close. Well, and I, yeah, and I can't close this vent. The little turny thing is broken. Which means I just need to go buy a new vent cover. But have you I like done that in the 10 years I've had this house? Around no. the corner from Lowe's. There's just no excuse. That's what you're getting for Christmas. That's it. I literally do. There you go. <laughs> I need a new vent cover for this vent. I cannot That's adjust right. it. <laughs> I have a tote uh, in my office. That's a, it's a craft tote. Big surprise. Uh, 
<laughs> I move on and off of the heat vent in here because uh, I kind of go through the same thing. It gets too hot. It gets too cold. Yeah. The yeah. hell have I been doing with my life? You can but, see this office. There's so much shit sitting around here that I could be sitting on that vent right now. See? I, yes. But I'm baking my office right now because my poor little Rico, our little 10-year-old Chihuahua, oh, had yes. dental surgery yesterday and had a growth removed and his poor little mouth. Oh, he's acting so fine, dry. but he's cold. And he's always cold, but he's oh. real cold today. So he's wrapped in blinkies, sleeping in his favorite bed in my office, and I'm keeping the heat uh, pumping in here so that he's just super warm, you know. Yeah, poor little but, um, guy. I wish I could just, you know, cuddle him in blankets all day long, but I can't. <laughs> My list will never get accomplished. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Although I'm sure he does not understand in any way. No, no, he doesn't appreciate it at all. Mm -hmm. But he, you need he, one of those sweatshirts with the big pocket in the front. And you just put him in there. It's true. One of the kangaroo carriers. He yeah. loves to be in this bed in my office, though. It keeps him, you know, the other dogs are. Everyone's bigger than him. He is tiny. He only weighs five and a half pounds. He's an itty bitty. And he doesn't hate the other dogs. He plays with them quite a bit. But when he wants to escape them, this is where he comes. And, you know, he's in no mood to be trifled with. So we're hanging out here. <laughs> well, good. Poor, Poor little Yeah. Well, we thought this would be a great day to do a true crime roundup. Because, as always, there's all kinds of weird stuff out in the ethers. So we thought this would be a good time to kick it off. So. Mm -hmm. And, and, of course, it's also Wednesday, so we will be back tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain for case updates. And holy moly, yes, will. Koberger, Delphi, <laughs> Tim Ballard, there is some stuff to talk about. So much. Yeah, well, even Chad Daybell. And Chad There's Daybell. There's more stuff to talk about in Chad right. Daybell, too. So yeah. uh, it's it's just coming at us. Coming mm -hmm. at us, guys. Yeah, so but you there, know, we'll uh, cover it all for you. Yep, come and come chat with us while you're, uh, I don't know, stuffing your turkey or whatever. <laughs> and, and we won't be, but we'll be talking about all this. But Christy, I'm going to kick the mic over to you to get us started with some WTF news. Okay. Okay, so this is a, a little older crime. This happened in 2013, but I figured I should share at least one Thanksgiving crime considering the time of year that it is. And also because this one has a happy ending and don't oh, be well. So back in 2013, a man in Bridgeport, Connecticut was walking to his friend's house carrying a turkey and stuffing. His name was Jimmy Mulligan. And he called 911 and he told the dispatcher, I was just robbed at gunpoint right there. They took my turkey. Somebody came up behind me, pushed something in my back, told me to face the garage, give them my wallet and let go of the plastic bag. Uh -huh. So the robber took the bag and the wallet. Uh, the dispatcher, Danny Vieira said, uh, at first I thought he was joking, but I could hear from his voice that he was serious. <laughs> No, right? You'd be like, oh, sure, whatever. Is this a prank? <laughs> so, Officer Daniel Mendez heads to the scene and does confirm that a turkey has been stolen. And, you know, Riviera had, she'd done a job, but she just felt like that was super shitty and she wanted to do something nice for him. So, she called a local supermarket 
to see if she could replace the stolen turkey. But of course, there were none left. Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah. Um, Vieira also figured it was kind of too late to get started cooking a turkey uh, for him. So she went to Boston Market. And she and some of her co-workers bought two turkey dinners for Mulligan and his friends. And then uh, the officer, Daniel Mendez, picked up the dinners and delivered them to Jimmy's house. Uh, Danny said, we gave them the meals and they were the happiest guys on earth. I just thought that was really That is so kind. Isn't that cool? And the the Bridgeport mayor at the time was Bill Finch. And he made a statement about it because he thought it was so cool. He said, I can't say enough about the compassion and empathy shown by the men and women who work at the 911 center. It is a difficult job. When they answer the phone, usually they are speaking to someone in crisis. Denny did her job well, got police to the scene, and then thought, I want to do more. And she and her colleagues rallied around this man and brightened his Thanksgiving. And police were then investigating the robbery. I don't know if the robber was ever caught, but I thought that was just the sweetest thing. That, like, that is really sad and, like, very difficult to replace in the moment, considering Mm -hmm. when it was. And I just thought that was really cool. So, so kind. Uh, I hope. I hope that that uh, that the stolen turkey uh, gave someone food poisoning. Me I, too. I really, yeah. I hope you had the turkey trots for the entire weekend. Over. <laughs> I mean, how evil can you get and steal somebody's Thanksgiving turkey? Yeah. What the you're, hell? You're a real douche. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you are. And with that, Katie, I'm going to kick it right back to you for some creepy crime. Well, okay then. Speaking of being a real douche, <laughs> uh, I like how these, uh, you know, these segments dovetail so nicely into one another. Mm-hmm. This gentleman right here, his name is Ken Juan McDaniel. Okay. And he is a rapper. Okay. I think, you know, kind of one of those SoundCloud guys. Oh, one of those SoundCloud rappers. Gotcha. Okay. I think maybe he's maybe he's bigger than that. I don't know. That that's that's the uh, my impression I'm getting. You know, a lot of these guys they they film their own videos, they put them on SoundCloud, they put them on YouTube. It's what they do, right? It's how a lot of them get famous eventually. Yeah. Uh huh. Or, well, or 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 don't. <laughs> well, Ken Wan's getting famous, but it's not for his music per se. Oh boy. Maybe it is. Oh maybe it is. Uh, he put out a song called "Fady Free" earlier this summer. And threw it up on YouTube. And it didn't take very long for the police to find it. And they were pretty curious about it. Mm. Why? Uh, Because the details in the song aligned very closely to a murder from 2021 in Las Vegas. That uh, only the killer would have known the details to. Oh, no. Gosh, I think somebody's ego might have gotten the better of them. So he had details that were not released to the public. So the police were like, mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they're saying that he confessed to the murder with his song lyrics. <laughs> so. Oh, dear. Not super duper smart. Uh, here's some no. of the lyrics. 
I be the reason why he's dead. I'm not a rapper, so I'm just going to have to read this. Okay. Uh, and I'm not going to try, no matter how much you beg. It's not happening. <laughs> I was really hoping. Come on. <laughs> Give it your best shots. <laughs> it would be a Thanksgiving miracle. I'll tell you that. Uh, all right. I'll start over. I be the reason why he's dead. We still taunt him when he die. Not the reason he's dead. So celebrate the reason why his mama cry. Park oh. the car, double back on feet, the smartest way to slide, drove in, double lock yo man, make sure you get yo bod. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a man who was gunned down in his apartment after an argument. So, and then the video and his friends' faces uh, transform into demonic skeletal visages. <laughs> he also acted out movements in the scene uh, of the video that were consistent with uh, the things the murderer did. So, um, oh man, Ken Wong, you're dumb as hell. The internet is forever. What are you doing? Yeah, somebody's ego got the best of them. That's that's my I best guess. So, yeah. So he, of course, has been arrested and charged. Uh, he hasn't been to court since September, so I don't know exactly where we're at in his case. But uh, I'm uh, gonna guess he's probably going to prison. Yeah, I mean, I'd be the reason he's dead. Yeah, dude, what the hell are you doing with your life? Yeah, not good. That's what. Not good. Not genius level stuff. That is for sure. So, Christy, with that, I am going to kick you over to some weird crime. Oh, are you though? We have covered some rather hilarious and weird heists that have happened recently. The dime heist... That was hilarious. What the hell the are you going to do with a quarter of a million dollars of dimes? The golden yeah. toilet, which, of course, you could only just cut up and melt down into bars, I'm assuming. That was a little more lucrative, I think, than the dimes, because most of the dimes have never been cashed in, because, of course, they haven't. The hell are you going to do with that? <laughs> and so, one more time on the golden know? toilet heist. Mm. The reason they didn't put security on it is because <laughs> they didn't think that somebody would steal a toilet without knowing who used it last and what they had eaten. <laughs> you can't make that up. You that cannot. was the best part of that mm-hmm. entire story. That, that, yes. I've thought about that well, a lot. That has stuck with me. Uh, I have as well. <laughs> and yet they totally did. And that toilet is gone and will never be seen again, I'm sure. Uh-huh. So somebody's got some very contaminated gold bars in their presence now. Uh, however, did you know that there was recently a heist of rare Kit Kats. Actually, a quarter of a million dollars of rare Kit Kats. Well, I'm going to back up to, I didn't know there were rare Kit Kats. Well, nor did I. Okay. But apparently in Japan, people are crazy for Kit Kat. And in Japan, there are hundreds of flavors of Kit Kat. You know how, like, Kit Kat in the United States, they come out with new flavors regularly, you know. Yeah. There are frequently new flavors. They like to do that. Well, I guess yeah. it's a huge thing in Japan. Ah. Some things like um, melon, matcha latte, daifuku moki, just to name a few. So, yeah. this was this is kind of a big deal. 
So this guy uh, named Danny Tang, um, he wanted to start a subscription box in the United States where he sold these rare Japanese uh, Kit Kat flavors. So you get, a, okay. you know how the candy subscription boxes work. You get a box every yeah. month and, you know, some of them are different countries and various things because yeah. you can't actually buy any of these in the U.S. So he had this brilliant idea. He's going to buy a bunch of them, bring them to the U.S., and then he's going to do the subscription box, which I thought was really mm -hmm. very smart. And probably a lot of people would be interested in that. Well, things have really gone awry with the shipment of Kit Kats. So the oh. Kit Kats came to the United States um, on, a, on a barge in two shipping containers. And when they arrived um, at the port in California, then they needed to be shipped to him in New Jersey. Okay. So he has these two shipping containers and he's got to arrange shipping across the country right so this is a really complicated story and i may get some of it wrong because i have read about this several times and it still is confusing to me but the the two shipping containers they arrive in california and they go to a, a temporary storage facility in south el monte uh -huh. and so then uh mr tang he hires a shipping company to get them to him in Carlstadt, New Jersey. Okay. So here in comes Mr. Black. And Mr. Black is the guy that runs the freight brokering company. It's called Freight Rate Freight Rate Central. And um, they're going to ship them to, to Tang in New Jersey, right? So he gets set up. So he basically just contracts uh, ship, shippers, trucking people uh -huh. to do this. So he gets someone named Tristan, who's going to pick him up here. He's going to pick up the first load and sure. he's going to get it going. And, you know, apparently it all seemed above board, normal, whatever. Uh -huh. So then the Kit Kats, the first shipment, it, it never arrives in New Jersey. Oh, no. And of course, Mr. Black is like, oh, shit, because uh -huh. he's like, oh, their Kit Kats are going to melt. They had to be, you know, shipped in a refrigerated truck it's a big deal sure. all right so he starts emailing this guy tristan which this is my first concern they've been talking by email i mean you really probably should talk to this person in in real life right yeah so tristan's like oh hey one of our trucks uh, it broke down in washington pennsylvania but it's okay the kit kats are okay and they're still cool and don't worry um we if we can't get it fixed we're going to get them back to the Shipping location and get him on a different truck. And, you know, there's all this stuff. Uh -huh. So none of this made sense because he said he was going to send the Kit Kats back to the shipper in California and then put him on a different truck. And Mr. Black is like, wait a minute, you're you're supposedly in Pennsylvania. If right. California. Why can't you just get him to New Jersey? Yeah. So the shipping guy, Mr. Black, is like, oh, shit, something is not good here. Yeah. Um. So he calls. Hmm shipping headquarters that is in jersey city and he said he hears chaos in the background and sounds of panic <laughs> oh this is not good so the person on the phone says that uh their information appears to have been compromised and they don't know tristan they're like tristan who dis they don't know the guy that's got oh no he's got one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars worth of kit kats and no one's heard of this guy. 
Okay. Oh, boy. So Tristan then follows up with Mr. Black and he says, this kills me. Time for some coming clean. Um, um, I'm actually a scammer. And the owner of the shipping company doesn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> so oh. Mr. Black is like, uh, but why? Why would you do this? What would you even stand to gain? Can I please just get access to them to get them to New Jersey? You know? Yeah. He's like, you're destroying my company. What? And, and the scammer, Trist, Tristan, right back, you're trying to make money, sir. I told you we're scammers. Really sorry. I didn't know your story. And hopefully that load does get to New Jersey, which of course it doesn't. Oh my so God. It out that the Kit Kats are not in Pennsylvania. They are actually oh, still in California. They are in some kind of long-term storage uh, just outside of Los Angeles. So Mr. Black had never paid Tristan any money because the shipping fee was due on delivery. Mm -hmm. So none of it makes any sense. It's it's supposed to be a con, but they don't make any money. What? Um, None of this makes any sense. So he he gets a hold of the long-term shipping company. And yes, they're in cold storage Mm -hmm. at this long-term storage place, right? Mm -hmm. So he gets a hold of the long-term storage people. And Wait, how does he find out they're there? Uh, Tristan tells him, I believe, where they are. <laughs> okay. The, the, it's both loads now. So one of mm-hmm. them was supposed to be across, heading across the country. The other one was going to mm-hmm. be shortly after it. So one of them is at Inland Empire Cold Storage. And another one is at Anytime Crosstalk. And they're both in California. And then Tristan just stops responding because, you know, he's a scammer. And his name probably isn't even Tristan. So <laughs> <laughs> poor Mr. Black gets a hold of these people like... Mm-hmm holy shit, you guys have got my cargo. I got to get it to my guy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, first of all, we want to know when this stuff is getting picked up because this was supposed to be a short-term deal mm-hmm. and no one has come to get them. Also, you owe us $3,800. <laughs> oh my God. In, in storage fees. Okay. And he's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll pay it. I got to get these. I got to get these back, right? Yeah. Well, here comes the problem. The name on the invoice or, you know, whatever, the, mm-hmm. the owner of the property yeah. has they've given a false name. So what? I can't cannot, believe this news. Mr. Black and the original shipper, the people who mm-hmm. sold the Kit Kats to begin with, are not the names listed. So now yeah. the shipping company cannot release this freight because we don't know if you're just stealing it from us. We don't know who you are. We have this guy. So they have a name and the name is Harry Senta. And it turns out that Harry Senta, and he's listed as the rightful mm-hmm. owner of the Kit Kats. Yes. Well, that is a fictitious name. No one knows who Harry Senta is. Um, they're like, well, fuck, what are where the hell now? is Tristan? Well, right. It turns out Harry Senta is actually a real person and he lives in Ohio and he does work in shipping. But this whole thing is news to him. He's like, dude, uh, I don't know anything about these Kit Kats. I want nothing to do with this. And wipes <laughs> wait. the hands of the whole situation. No, no, Harry, your name's on it. Just sign off. Come on, right. man. And he's like, no, I'm not getting involved. I don't know. This is probably stolen cargo. I don't want anything to do with this. So he will not get, he won't do anything. And <laughs> so Mr. Black calls the sheriff's department in these counties where the Kit Kats are stored. And he's like, please help us. What can we do? Well, you know what they could do? Absolutely nothing. Oh, my God. They gosh. can't do anything. 
So they finally kind of make a deal that maybe the original shipper, they can prove that it was theirs, right? But the original shipper is like, uh, we don't know where these Kit Kats have been. We don't know who had them or what's been done to them. We can't guarantee that they're safe to eat. We're not doing anything because as far as we're concerned, they could be contaminated. So guess what happens to the Kit Kats? They get destroyed. <laughs> they're just still sitting there. They're the still sitting there? Place. Dear God. <laughs> it just wow. gets worse and worse and worse. And poor Mr. Tang is out $250,000. And the Kit Kats are just in cold storage and nobody even dares eat them because we don't know where they've been or what the hell has happened to them. So. And what Tristan, did the scammer get? Right, Tristan. And what did anyone get out of this? Nothing. Nothing. The scammers got nothing. They got no money. Yeah. Um, they got no Kit Kats to sell. They got nothing. Like the whole thing is no something one fell apart for them. Yeah. It did. Wow. Something fell apart for them. And so now everyone is screwed in this whole situation, particularly Mr. Tang, who had to scrap his plan of the Kit Kat subscription boxes because they're now unsellable. Can you imagine? Well, that it's, is it's, something. It is so weird and convoluted. And in the end, the Kit Kats are just trash now, I guess. I don't know if the cold storage people will just destroy them. I have no idea. But that's that's what happened to the Kit Kats. It's very sad. Well, I would have tried a, a melon Kit Kat or something. Sure. Why not? I'm curious. I'll change yeah, my apparently, name to, what is it, Harry... Yeah, Harry Centris or something. Yeah, yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll pick up the Kit Kats. Really, that's all what someone needs to do is just go change their name to Harry something, whatever it is. Be prepared to pay the cold storage fee, and you're in business. Pick up your Kit Kats, I guess. But now they're all like, "Well, shit, that's right," because they picked them up from the docks mm-hmm. and had them before they took. So who knows what's happened mm-hmm. to the Kit Kats, right? They've been nothing. kept in cold storage the whole time. I assume nothing. But when it's food, like, that's, like, a big mm-hmm. fear. Like, even sure. if one Kit Kat made somebody sick, then they're all screwed. Yeah. So, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the uh, Kit Kat caper. Very well, sad. if anyone would like to go into business, subscription box style, go change your name to Harry something and go mm-hmm. get your Kit Kats. Go get your Kit Kats, I guess. We're waiting for you. I don't know. It's uh, And poor Mr. Black, the original shipper, yeah. is so flummoxed by the whole situation. He's like, why did any of this even happen? <laughs> What the hell, Tristan? You didn't even make any money. You just fucked everybody over. So anyway, I thought just, the story was just was a pretty hilarious and terrible. I mean, I hate to see people lose so much money and for yeah, you know, the whole thing, but my God. It's such a mess for absolutely nothing. Wild. And with that, I'll kick it back to you for some WTF news. Well okay. Oh gosh, we really need to, we really need a new uh, segment for stupid criminals. But uh, here. <laughs> it's okay though, because uh, WTF probably suffices most of the time. So I'm just pulling up my article here so I can tell you about this genius right here. I'll pull up <laughs> first. All right. This fool right here and his friends thought that it would be a good idea to dine and dash. They ate oh, good. 
which I'm going to be honest, I can't imagine eating a place called the Juicy Crab, but that's just me. No, that, ooh, uh-uh. And maybe if you're like, eat a lot of crab or live on the coasts, like that sounds good. That does not sound good to me at all. Either. I know. That, that, that term, yeah, no, hard pass, but that's okay. That's whatever. Uh, all right. But anyway, the Juicy Crab uh, did not deserve what happened to them. They had a man and his friends uh, come in. This is Brian Fort. Brian Fort and his pals came into the Juicy Crab. They ate. They left. Your typical dine and dash. They ran up a bill of about $100. Yeah. And the Juicy Crab was like, yeah, we're not doing this shit. So they called the police. And the police came. And what they discovered is that Brian Fort left his phone in the stall. In the, the booth of course they he ate. did. Of course he did. Criminals are stupid. Okay, a lot of them very dumb. Oh, hold on to your hats. It gets worse. <laughs> so much worse. Oh, so they find his phone. They try to open it, and the lock screen is a picture of himself. <laughs> and the problem for Brian is that Brian's a dumbass and has a record, and people already, the police already had a were unawareness of him because the year before he'd been arrested for wandering around the stands at a high school football game with a shotgun. Oh God. Yeah. Yikes. So it doesn't take them long to figure out that this is Brian. So they're like, Mm -hmm. all right, well, stupid. So they put out the APB on his known vehicle and it's not very long before they pick him up. But as they're digging into, uh, all of the, uh, details about Brian, they realize that he also has a warrant in another county for murder. Oh my god. And you're just out committing more crimes and leaving yourself? Well, thank god for stupid criminals. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, it doesn't take him very long to have him in custody. And now he is being held on charges of murder, theft by receiving stolen property, and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. So, um, Brian, sucks to suck. You're an idiot. You're not getting any juicy crab in jail. Have the day and the lifetime you deserve. He's wow. getting a different kind of crabs, but that's something else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he probably is. Oi. <laughs> yeah. So, bye bye Brian. Sucks to suck. Yes, it does. With that, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a crime news update. Well, in news that is shocking for pretty much no one, it has been revealed that an outreach leader for Moms for Liberty, Moms for Liberty is a extremist hate group, a parents' rights group that is working under the guise of protect the children, Uh has been using this leader, who is, in fact, a registered sex offender. But guys, he's also a pastor. Pardon me if you could hear that eye roll. So this is Philip Fisher Jr., He served three years in prison for child sexual assault, and he volunteered at a Philadelphia summit for 
the Moms for Liberty group. He is a pastor in his community. Uh, he pleaded guilty in 2012 to a charge of aggravated sexual abuse involving a 14-year-old boy when he was 25 and living in Chicago. So, you know, um, Moms for Liberty didn't do much protecting the children, you know, like background checks for all of their volunteers. And I mean, gross. Also, when reached for comment, Sheila Armstrong, who is the chairwoman of Philadelphia Moms for Liberty, confirmed to this to one news outlet uh, that Fisher was still planning to volunteer at her autism nonprofit's Christmas party. What? Yeah. Oh, my she God. She said she was surprised to learn of his criminal record because she had received a child abuse history certification from the Department of Human Services or something in his name. Uh, bullshit. You didn't do a background check, Moms for Liberty. You don't care about kids at all. You are a hate group, as... Mm -hmm. We all know he has said that he is in the database and it is easily searchable. And he just thought they knew they're uh -huh. trying to say that it's no big deal. Because sure. He's just a volunteer, except that this is exactly how kids get abused. Absolutely. You dumb asses. If you are working with children, you cannot in any way have adults around you that have not been fully vetted and background checked because it turns out that the people who want to save the children are usually the people we need to save the children from. from. Yep. This pisses me off to no end. Although I'm not surprised at all, not in the least, because as usual, no. the call is coming from inside the house. You guys mm -hmm. give me a break. We all know this. And of course he's a fucking yep. pastor because aren't they all? Yep. So Moms for Liberty can consume a large satchel of Richards for Thanksgiving. <laughs> no gravy. No cranberry sauce. None of no. it. No. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you guys. And with that, Katie, we're going to wrap this up with a DNA for the win. Yeah. This is an interesting case. We have covered this case before, I think a few years ago. Uh, at the, the time, there was no conclusion to it. So I want to conclude it. This is the murder of Marlene Warren. So in May of 1990, Marlene was having breakfast with her son, Joe. Joe was about 20 years old at the time. He had friends at the house as well. They were eating breakfast. And they saw out the window a clown walking up to the front door. Oh, yeah. And I remember this. Marlene was thrilled. She thought it was so fun. She ran to the door and opened it so excited. And the clown is standing there. Just some rando clown and she was happy about it? I think she thought it was like a delivery for her or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that could be. I get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the uh, the clown had flowers and balloons. So she opens the door and says, how pretty. And the clown looks her in the face, pulls up a gun and shoots her in the head. And then just walks back out and gets in their car and leaves. Oh, my 
god, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. How sad uh, is that? Oh, yeah, god. kills her instantly. And the case has a lot of leads, but goes cold pretty quick. There was... Uh, it's it's obvious to the police that this was very deliberate. This is not a random act of violence. Somebody right. was coming to their house specifically for Marlene Warren. And what they discover is that her husband, Michael Warren, uh, there had been some trouble in the marriage. And Marlene had actually told her son, if anything happens to me, your father did it. Oh, no. So the police are like, okay, what the hell? Well, Michael Warren at the time was with friends. He he has a very solid alibi. But it also appears that he was having an affair with a woman named Sheila Keene. So he owned an auto business and Sheila Keene was a repossession agent that worked for him. Okay. And the police get quite a bit of evidence. They find a brown hair uh, at the scene that they think could have been Sheila's. They find fibers at Sheila's apartment that easily could have been the fibers from the wig, from the clown wig. They also find somebody at a local party supply store that says someone matching Sheila's description came into their store and purchased the balloons and the clown costume. Oh, good God. Just hours before the murder. Wow. So, like, there's quite a bit of evidence there. Besides the fact that there is an affair, you know, going on with uh, Sheila. But they never arrest her. They feel like, uh, they feel like they know it was Sheila, but they just don't feel like they have enough uh, evidence to convict her. So they never arrest her. She also was seen buying the flowers, uh, at any rate, uh, or we someone do need another. We do need a dumb criminals intro. Oh, like, right. Yeah. It's not hard to solve. Yeah. Yep. And also in the car, they find uh, hair that matches uh, what they think would be consistent with Keen's hair. Now, remember, this is 1990, so the uh, the tech isn't quite there yet. Sure. So. For all this time, there is no, there is nothing. The poor son has suffered his entire adult life through not having any kind of, uh, any closure with his mother's murder. And particularly because it's pretty clear that they know who the murderer is. They just don't think they have enough to convict, so they never charge her. So in 2017... A new cold case unit takes a look at it, and they take that hair, and they da- they match the DNA to Keen. So they finally decide, okay, maybe so, maybe so. Well, guess what they find? They discover that in t- 2002, Michael Warren actually did get married to her. Jeez. So Sheila Keene and Michael Warren got married in 2002, 12 years after the murder. And they moved to Kingsport, Tennessee, and were running a burger joint called the Purple Cow. So 
I know who the purple cow was. Sheila. Interview some of their former employees. Always a rumor at the purple cow that Sheila had murdered Michael's wife. That was kind of a known thing. Also, one of them provided this picture to the police of Sheila, this bitch, dressing up like a clown. What the hell? Mm -hmm. What kind of psychopath? Holy Right? So they finally arrest Sheila and charge her with murder. On September 26, 2017. This is 27 years after the murder. But the case is five years of court drama that is a big hot mess because some of the witnesses have died. Some of the evidence has been pretty compromised. The hair that they found somehow comes back with female and male DNA on it. There's a file that uh, the police did not, or that the prosecution didn't disclose to the defense, uh, that was a file that the police had put together of other clowns in the area at the time, <laughs> of all fucking things. <laughs> oh my God. And so the case is that the trial itself. In the, area yeah. at the same time at any given time. That's a right? weird thought. The trial itself is delayed for at least seven times. So oh. all the while, Sheila's poor son is just on a right here. Yeah. Like, did my dad get his girlfriend to kill my mom or not? God, that's terrible. Finally, last year. She finally pled out. Oh, wow. And it's very unsatisfying. She pled out by pleading guilty to murder, too. She sat in jail for six years waiting to go to trial. And so she got time served uh, allotted to her. The belief is that she will only do two more years in prison. Uh, perhaps less on good behavior. How is it not first degree murder when you go and you get the clown costume and you get the flowers and the balloons and you paint your face and you put the whole thing on? Like that's premeditation. Right. It's because of a bunch of legal maneuvering because the case was kind of falling apart with witnesses that have now been deceased with the uh, lack of disclosure of some of the evidence with the DNA problem, all of these things. And so her attorney's like, we won. Well, you didn't win. You pled guilty to murder too. But he's like, ah, she'll be out of jail next year. Like, we're very satisfied. Yeah. Oh, my God. That poor kid. Oh, right, right. Pink kid who's, hey, goodness sake. We know you don't Uh feel good, but gosh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He heard a bad sound. That's what he go for it. If he hears a sound, he'll let you know a beep, particularly of any sort. Yes. What I want to know is why the hell didn't Michael ever get arrested and charged? Come on. Obviously, he was an accomplice. Give me a damn break. Right. Like, he didn't know that this plan was happening. Yeah. Whatever. So, I think you can call it a DNA for the win-ish and justice-ish for Marlene. But uh, I I wish it had been a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Marlene certainly 
deserve better than that. A thousand percent. Yep. So, well, with that, we're going to call it a day because we'll be back at seven for case updates if you're listening yes, live we will. or if you're listening on Wednesday, of course. So uh, 7 p.m. Wednesday night always is our live stream. You could find it on YouTube or on Facebook. Or if you're a podcast listener, you'll find it uh, shortly thereafter after it streams. Uh, so that's uh, what's still co- to come today. Uh, otherwise, have a happy Thanksgiving weekend, if you celebrate, we, uh, we've got lots of plans this weekend. Huh? We're going to have a lot of fun. We're sure, we'll have plenty to talk about next week. <laughs> but, uh, I am sure. Yes. If you do Black Friday shopping, please be safe and sound and secure. Don't go fighting somebody for a TV, please. Just don't do it. It's not worth Just it. Just go get it on Amazon. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, this has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Take care. Gobble, gobble. Thank you.